Good morning. Really glad you're here this morning. This is Sunday. Tomorrow's Monday. How do you feel about that? <laughs> How many of you are excited that Monday is coming? Or, or the next day that you need to go to work? You may have to go this afternoon. You might have a little work to do this afternoon. How, how does that land on you? I admit, at times, my thoughts have gone to, well, back to the salt mines. <laughs> you know, here's a picture of a salt mine. It's in Poland, very dark and dingy place. The phrase originates from the practice of... Uh, the Russian practice of punishing prisoners by sending them to work in the salt mines in Siberia. So I really doubt that anything, I cer- certainly anything I have to do matches up with going to the salt mines. But somehow my attitude just sort of gravity pulls it down to that place. You know, we, we desperately need to have a better attitude than that. If your view of your work is is that it's a grind, uh, it's grinding the joy out of your days. Uh, even in a job we love, there are parts of it that we don't enjoy. Um, on a scale of, of 1 to 10, how pumped are you to go to work? Pick a number. Pick a number. There's a scale on the screen. Uh, your work, you might, you might, you know, we, we all do different things. Uh, your work might be outside of the house, could be inside of the house. Um, it, it could be in school. Maybe you're studying right now. You're at school trying to earn a degree. Um, what's, what's the number about that, that matches up with how excited you are to go to work? The Bible gives some tremendous perspective that, that helps us. It gives a great deal of motivation, purpose, and meaning for Christ followers uh, for their work. We're looking in this series at what is the reason for me? Uh, why do I exist? And when we discover the reasons God made us, it has a broad effect on every part of our lives. It just hits all of them. We've been looking at different circles that are impacted by this. Basically, when Jesus was asked one time about the greatest commandment in Scripture from his perspective, this this is what he said. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And then he said, the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So we've been looking at how God wants us to live out that commandment and how much purpose and meaning and help that comes from living out that commandment. It gives a tremendous amount of purpose, direction, meaning to every part of our life. And this is what we've been looking at, how it plays out in different circles. The first week of the series, we saw that the Bible says, God made us to seek him. He he made us in hopes that we would seek him and find him. 
and then our, live our lives getting to know him better and better and learning to obey him. That's, that's, this, that's what we looked at first, first week. The really encouraging thing you find in the Bible is if you seek him, he will be found by you. You, you have to, you have to, you have to want it in your heart of hearts. You have to be seeking him. But he'll show himself to you. That's the promise you see in Scripture. The second week, we looked at the Bible's answer to the question, if the greatest commandment is to love God with everything you've got, how do I do that? I can't see him. So how do I do that? What, what does that mean? How do I go about loving God when I can't see him? And, and, and Jesus gives some very clear guidance on this. He says, you love God by doing what he told you to do. So by learning his commands, digging into those commands, getting to know what God wants out of life, what he wants us to do with our lives, and then doing it. So obedience, that's how we get to know God better as well. Um, Week three, we saw that God has placed each of us in our neighborhoods for a purpose. The reason you are here with like a map dot, Google map dot, you know, you're in your neighborhood, you're in your family for a specific purpose. God gave you a reason for being there, and he gives a tremendous amount of direction for that. The, set, the last week, week four of the series, we saw how God puts us in families, and we have this tremendous opportunity in the midst of family life to impact generations to come. What, a, what an opportunity we have. Today, we're going to see how our attitude and approach to our work provides an opportunity to demonstrate our love for God and make a tremendous difference. When you or I decide to follow Christ, Jesus changes our identity. He, he gives us a new identity, totally, at the core. This is what happens. So before I get into the specifics of what God says about work, um, I want to explore an aspect of our new identity that Jesus gives his followers. It's a purpose. It's, it's a reason he's put us in our families, in our neighborhoods, at our work, and... What you see is that Jesus taught Christ followers are remade to be light. He, he changes us to be light. In Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, his most famous sermon, he talked about the heart and character of a Christ follower, what, what that looked like. He talked about our identity, and here's what he says in Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Notice he says, you are the light of the world, not you need to act like the light of the world. You need to try to muster up some light in you. But he changes you into light. 
in the spiritual realm, what that means is if you're a Christ follower, you glow in the dark. <laughs> That's the reality. You, 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 you glow in the dark. Um, the passage continues, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. When you decide to follow Christ, he changes you into light, and a major reason you live from that day on is to let your light shine. Let that light shine wherever you go. So we have to stay out of the shadows to do that. You don't hide the light. You don't put it under a bushel, under a basket. Um, and we stay away from shadow, shadowy things. <clears throat> there is a way for us to make choices that <clears throat> dim the light. But we're to let it shine. We're to let it, that light shine in our dark world. O- over time, our new identity as the light of the world should show up in our day-to-day lives as well. So, it says in this passage, let your light shine before others. Light, light doesn't help anyone else in the room if it's hidden. <laughs> that's, just, that's just reality. So, something I hope you take away from this message today is that our identity in Christ supersedes any other aspect of who we are, if you're a Christ follower. It supersedes. It, it, it's, it's above. Any other role we play, any other label we have, any other badge we wear, it's, it's so tempting for us humans to define ourselves uh, According to the major role we play in life or our career, what we're getting after, it's easy to build our identity around the fact that you're a doctor, officer, police officer, professor, business owner, mom, on and on. You could list all the work that's done, all the occupations that go on. Uh, Some work and roles are definitely valued in our culture more than others. Um, Some are seen as ordinary. Your identity in Christ brings purpose and meaning whatever your role, whatever your work, whatever you're doing. What What if you do an ordinary thing in your life? What if you get up tomorrow morning and the work you're going to do is just considered ordinary? That's like a prison sentence to some people. <laughs> it's like, well, I, I wanted to be a doctor or I wanted to be fill in the blank, whatever the goal was, but I couldn't pull that off, so I'm just doing this. So we trudge. You know, we try, we drag ourselves to work in the morning. Um, some folks, that's just... A bummer, <laughs> if that's what they're they're called to do, or that's where they end up doing, or circumstances don't come together to do something more important. So I'm just doing this. That's a real drag. That's not God's perspective. If you wrap your identity around a job or a role, 
What if you arrive at the place in life where you can't do that job or role anymore? Health problems or age-related circumstances uh, come up where you aren't able to accomplish the work the way you once did. You lose your job. What if that happens? Where where are you going to fall back? Uh, as kids grow up, the role of a mom changes, dads shift to a new focus. Building your identity around your job, what you do, puts you in the danger zone. It's a dangerous thing to do, no matter how important it is. So what you find as you decide to follow Christ is there is a greater purpose for your life. There's a tremendous amount of meaning in what God has asked us to do. In fact, he, he wants us to do our work and play our role to the best of our ability with this purpose in mind. Let your light shine in the darkness. That's a tremendous purpose. This is what we're working on together here at Church in the Valley. Here's something interesting about this passage. In the phrase, you are the light of the world... The word you is plural. So he's not talking about individuals there. He's talking about a community of people. He's talking about a group of people. It's, it's the plural pronoun. Jesus is teaching us about the difference we can make in the world as a group. And this is what we're doing. The next slide, or the next phrase, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Of course, we're supposed to be light individually. But this passage is focused on a group of Christians, a community of Christ followers who are making a difference in the lives of others. A single ray of light doesn't have much power, but I think every boy has tried this. Let's watch this together. I hope I'm not giving any suggestions. No ideas. Let's not go home and try this. Don't try this at home. (laughs) When I saw this video, I was like, I was concerned about what he was burning the paper on. That was a little concerning to me. But what's happening here is light is being concentrated through the magnifying glass. And it has power to light a fire when it's concentrated through that glass. How many of you are here because you met someone somewhere else, maybe at work, in the neighborhood, among your circle of friends? You're here and you were invited to be here. How many, how many of us? This, this is the way it works. We meet someone in another context and then they're invited to, to come Join the church community. That's, that's how it works. Maybe you decided to follow Christ in part because a coworker introduced you to others who knew Christ and their collective light lit a fire in you to seek God. Maybe that's what happened. That's a common path. That's, that's how people seek and find God. Often, you you get to know someone in one arena at work, in the family, in the neighborhood, and you begin to 
be introduced to other Christians, and together they encourage you to seek God. This is the greater purpose beyond the daily grind. This is what God wants us to be doing as we do as we accomplish our work. In the Bible, God used shepherds, servants, assistants, fishermen, mothers, fathers, tax tax collectors. It's tax time. I need to do mine. I don't know about you. Um, tax collectors, teachers, tent makers, a whole array of occupations. He used those folks to accomplish his purpose. Sometimes he would change their occupation or change their role dramatically. Sometimes he didn't. He, often he would just let the person continue to walk and do their work and use them in that context. Um, to love God in our work, we, we must grasp this greater vision that he has for our lives. This is, this is really important. Um, we need to know what God wants us to be focusing on during our work day. You may have heard the story about three bricklayers that were on the job. They were asked what they were doing. The first guy says, I'm, I'm laying bricks. Second guy, I'm putting up a wall. The third guy enthusiastically says, I'm building a cathedral. That's what I'm, he had the big picture. He had a greater vision for his work. It's important to grasp the greater vision for your work so that you can avoid getting lost in the details and the ho-hum and the drudgery so that you can see the big picture of how you are a part of a work that's accomplishing a greater thing. Christ followers have an even greater vision for our lives, for our work. We can love God in the way that we work. Beyond that, God has made us light in the world. If we're cooperating with him, if we're working with him, and we set out to be light at work, this brings all kinds of meaning to our work day. This is, this is, this is what can get us moving and motivated to do our work and to do it well and to do it with excellence. The Bible gives specific guidance on how to light up your workplace. So I want to look at that. Let's see what it says. Colossians, very practical letter written by the Apostle Paul to brand new believers in the city of Colossae, uh, in uh, modern-day Turkey. Uh, it was written to correct some wrong ideas about Jesus and to give practical guidance about how to live the, the Christian life. How do you walk with the Lord in, in every day? Uh, Colossians 3, 23-25 is a passage that lays out how Christ followers are to approach their work. It, it shows us how to love God at work and be a light. Colossians 3, 23 through 25 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you receive, you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong, and there is no favoritism. 
you're in a career working right now, you have a job description. You have some people who are overseeing your work, likely, if you're the boss or owner. Consider how this passage applies to the work you're doing. If you aren't going to work on a job right now, this passage applies no matter what you do. Uh, As a mom, you have a significant role and relationships within that role. If you're a student, you're in a season, you have objectives, and there are relationships, teachers, study partners, group project partners, so on. Whatever you're doing, if you're a Christ follower, you're commanded to work at it with all your heart. When we think of hard work, we often hear the phrase, you can do it. Put your back into it. When your heart is, is in it, you, you put forth your best effort. You give it all you've got. And this is a way to love God. I don't know if you ever thought about that, but in the way that you work, in the attitude with which you approach your work, in the diligence you exert in the middle of it, that's a way to love God. This is the command. Loving God... Those who love him, obey him. This is what it says. It's a way to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Maybe, maybe you have to fight being half-hearted at work. Here's someone who didn't bother to unwrap. They didn't make the effort to unwrap the doorstop, the packaging off of the doorstop. Maybe we really don't like what we're doing or what's been assigned, or an aspect, a specific aspect of our work, to be light, you have to put your back into it. You have to give it everything you've got. This, this is what God wants. This pleases him. Now, here, here's the motivator. To grasp the big picture, the greater vision for work, we need to realize we're working for the Lord. One of the reasons we struggle with putting everything into the effort is that we confuse who we're really working for. If you're a Christ follower, you represent him. You, you are light. He's remade you into light. And you represent him wherever you go. You work for him, not for men. You report to an earthly boss, likely. But even if you don't, even if you're the owner of the business, you report to him. He's overseeing what you do and the way you do it. You work ultimately for Christ. I like this painting. That's a great picture. Jesus promised his early followers, I will be with you always to the close of the age. He's at work with us. That's something to keep in mind. We need to remember this. When I tell others I'm a follower of Christ, I carry his name like a badge wherever I go. I love God at work, and I'm a light to others around me when I approach my work with everything I've got. That lights up my workplace. In our country, being adversarial toward authority toward your boss is embedded sometimes in our attitudes, in the way we approach it. Uh, it, This adversarial stance 
is in employees, employers. It's, it's all through it. Unions and companies fight all the time. It's tug of war. These are the scenes we see on TV and social media often. Um, we must be careful not to carry a bad attitude toward our boss or toward those who work under us. We, we can't let that get embedded into our work habits. Our light shines when we work with all our heart under the direction, trying to see what, what is the company trying to accomplish here? What is the big goal? What's the major vision of what's trying, what, what they want to happen? And pulling toward it, giving it everything you've got to make that vision come about. This, this, is, this honors God. This, this pleases him. This is a light to the people around it. And it's very unusual <laughs> because the opposite is embedded in our attitudes often. The second way we light up the workplace is by refusing to operate in the dark. Sneaky stuff happens in the dark. It's not good. The most crimes, now this is like Captain Obvious. Just give me a moment to be Captain Obvious. Uh, but, but most crimes happen after dark. The peak is 9 o'clock. I looked it up. The peak is 9 o'clock in, in the dark. That's when most crimes occur, right then. Bad stuff goes on in the dark, so stay out of the dark. Maybe you're tempted to slack off and play a video game when nobody's looking. You know, you're just playing solitaire on your phone or computer or doing a crossword puzzle. Maybe you fudge a little on the hours you work. Nobody's going to know. It's not, you know. You just put down a couple extra hours or you slack off. Maybe you only do the part of your contract you enjoy and you've learned that you can get away with just doing this part of the contract, but this stuff's going undone. Stay out of the dark. That's how you're a light. You are a light. If you're operating in the dark, then often... The, the, if you're a Christ follower, the Holy Spirit blows a whistle. And so stay out of the dark. We're light when we do the job we were hired to do with all our heart. Your boss will work with you based on your approach, your attitude and your, your approach to your role. Your earthly boss is definitely paying attention. And besides that, Jesus is right there. And he promises to reward since you know that you will receive. We work at it with all our heart because we know that we'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It's the Lord Christ you're serving. And then the passage wraps up with a chilling reality. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong and there is no favoritism. Hmm. Our real boss, God himself is watching. Jesus is at work. And we can't sneak anything by him. He sees it all. So if you follow Christ, you have an opportunity to love God in the work you do by working at it with all your heart, following direction, making it a joy for your boss, 
living in the light, staying out of the darkness, and setting out to please God in your attitude and your approach to work. And I I hope this message puts a spring in your step. I like to look up the definitions of those phrases. Um, This is the Cambridge Dictionary. Um, It says, if you walk with a spring in your step, you walk energetically in a way that shows you're feeling happy and confident. (laughs) Understanding the greater vision of what God wants you to do, it will dramatically increase your motivation for your work. And I hope, I hope the message, as we've gotten into the passages, seen what God intends for our lives, the reason for you and I, I hope it's moved your motivation level a little bit to the right. Where are you now? Okay, don't, don't, don't yell it out. But, but where are you now? Has it moved a little to the right there on the screen? I hope so. I hope this message has been a help to move the needle to the right a little bit in your level of motivation at work. Following God brings all kinds of purpose to every part of our life. That's what we've been finding. Your work has a greater meaning and purpose than the nitty-gritty details of it. God wants to use what you're doing to move the goals of the company forward or the endeavor forward, but he also wants to use you to be a light, an example that pulls others toward it. May God give you the perspective to make the most of your opportunity at work, to love God and to be a light to those around. I'd like to wrap up the message by suggesting a couple of next steps uh, to you. Would you you consider taking a next step this week? My next step today is, first of all, to memorize Colossians uh, 3.23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Um, second thing, look for ways to go beyond what's expected. You know, ask God to help you learn how to love him in the way you do your work, how to honor him, how to show respect for him, how to glorify him. Yeah, we have the opportunity to do that every day of our lives in, in the way we parent, in the way we do our job, in the way we Approach the things that God puts on our plate to do. Look for ways to go beyond what's expected. You'll be a light. And then there may be something else that God said to you through the message. Um, you write that down on the listening guide and take it with you and remind you to do that. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for the purpose that life has in you. You made us to seek you, to find you. You made us to learn how to show love to you in different ways and to know you more and more as we walk through life. I pray that you'd help us, God, to do that. That you would help us to take the steps that you've laid on our heart to take today and that you would be honored by that. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.